Welcome to Cellmates. Oh, welcome to Cellmates, Kate Phillips. Welcome to you, Dick Ward. Thank you. We are... very kind. Yeah. Yeah. I try. I try my best. Welcome, listeners. You succeed your best. Welcome, listeners. As well, uh, this is a podcast where we take two animated movies, we compare, contrast, generally throw out a Venn diagram of them, and talk about them yeah those movies are often disney not always uh often musicals but not always and often good but not always yeah today uh we have some interesting stuff we have uh would we describe this as a continuation of a theme i i would what what theme well, might that be before we talk about what theme oh we should talk be. about what we're drinking yeah all right so dick what uh I feel like I always ask this question. So, Kate, what uh, what are you drinking there? <laughs> well, I'm drinking a essentially a spritzer, which I didn't know that that's what a highball was. Um, like, just alcohol and a thing that's not alcohol is think, a highball. I think a highball is supposed to be a liquor and okay. anything that's not alcohol, like a rum and coke or a sure. whatever. But, yeah. this But this is, we found that this is called the kitty highball mm-hmm. uh it is yeah red wine basically red wine and ginger ale but we made it fancier based on yeah. so the recipe we found red wine ginger syrup and lime uh, juice and lime soda juice water. and soda water mm-hmm. lime juice really brings something nice out yeah. yeah dick is there a reason that we might be drinking a, a not just a highball but a kitty highball Oof. um did we watch monsters inc oh yeah kitty kitty no dick happy uh, cat meowth. I'm sorry. Did you say Happy Cat Month? Happy cat cat meowth. Cat meowth. Cat meowth. Mm. Um, That's a mouthful. That's a meowthful. It's a meowth. Uh, uh oh. Meowthful. Yeah. Yeah. I said it right. You did say it right. Yeah. I I just <clears> heard <throat> the Pokemon's name, which is already like a pun. Oh, you were trying to make a make a further pun on meowth. Or I yeah. I don't know what I was trying to do. Well, anyway, yes. Cheers. It's it's meowth month. Yeah. No, it's cat, cat meowth. We should have picked an easy. We should have just said cat month. <laughs> this is a disaster. Well, we already had mouse month. Yeah. Mouse mounts. Ma- nope. Squeak in no. Um, August. Yes. And months that normally is start that true? With- How do you remember that? Because I did the social media posts. I don't in know. In August. How yeah. do you remember that? Uh, because. I I don't know. That's amazing. Okay. You're impressive. <laughs> Thank you. So months that normally start with A, we just replace with um, some kind of domestic animal theme. Oh. Now, it's, well, it's what we've, we've done. We've done it twice. August and April. So now it's the Animal thing we months. Do. So this is Cat Meowth. Cat Meowth. Um, we have done our first episode of Cat Month. Is it this? Is this. This. <laughs> Uh, I don't, we, so like many of you, we've lost all sense of day and time, um, yeah. because of staying inside. Yeah. I um, hope. Cause it I is hope. like the first week of April, 2020 as yeah. we record this. I hope everyone's doing good out there. It's, it's a rough time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also podcast listenership is down. Uh, do you mean, do you mean a rough time or like a per, per time? 
Like what? instead of rough. There's it, dogs it, in these movies too. That I could have actually said that. that is true. There I'm trying dogs. to man. I'm trying to like give a heartfelt message to our to our audience, and you're just you're just making puns over there. It, yeah. What do you mean? Oh. Um. No, but seriously, uh, hope hope you're doing well. Uh, thank you for continuing to listen, even though you're not on your commute, mm-hmm. which I think is basically when most people listen to podcasts, uh, or like when you just have alone time. But if you live with someone, you don't have any alone time anymore. No. You're just around all the time. It's a weird. It's a weird time. It's a weird time, uh, but. But it's a good time to watch some cat movies. Movies filled with kitties. Movies. Uh, we want to thank our listener, Christopher, for yeah. this uh, inaugural Cat Mounts installment. <laughs> uh, Dick, you've got Christopher's. Uh, he sent us a message on Facebook. Yeah. Awesome. Did we say what movies we're doing? Oh, I'm uh, saying it right yet. now. Yes. You're, mm-hmm. Cool. So um, Christopher sent us a uh, message that was, f- <laughs> was fairly long, followed by... Oh, geez, this message looks so long. Sorry. You put it in a column and it just looks like <laughs> just a lot of text, so but it's not them. No, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. Uh, and he has some great suggestions. The one we decided to grab out of this is uh, this. He says, there are a few films I've thought about suggesting for a while. I grew up uh, thinking Cats Don't Dance was a childhood favorite of everyone, but later that found out that not many people had even heard of it. So Cats Don't Dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not really sure as far as an appropriate pairing, but you mentioned Oliver and Company last episode. Now, it's been a minute since I've seen it, but both movies do involve a cat. And Oliver's journey also involves leaving a less than great situation to find his happiness. Mm-hmm. And the real treasure is in the friendships they make along the way. Spoiler alert. Yeah. No. That, that, and that was great. Yeah, it's it's a great suggestion. And we had not heard of Cats. I had not heard of Cats Don't Dance. I, I feel like maybe I had seen it in another, like, a couple of our listeners has sent us, like, a long list of some mm. suggestions. And I think maybe it was in Rachel's or something. But it was um, definitely not on my radar. Not, no, it's, I did not know about this movie when it was released. Like, not one bit. No. Yeah. Um, so we're doing Cats Don't Dance and Oliver and Company. Thank you, Christopher, for that Great suggestion, and for kicking off Cat Meowth with a um, meow. I'm, I'm confused. Mm-hmm. We're doing one animated movie and then two stage musicals? We're doing Cats Don't Dance oh. and Oliver and Company? How long were you saving that? Uh, not at all. <laughs> I, I just, that just hit. Well, you'd have to have an exclamation mark in the middle of the title. Because <laughs> technically, Oliver is Oliver. Oliver. Like Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Uh-huh. Oliver. Um, it has the punctuation in the title. I don't more musicals have punctuation. Well, I mean, we saw Oklahoma recently. It was I, fine. Yeah, but uh, that exclamation maybe doesn't belong in there. It's a little darker than you think it is. That's, I mean, that's why I was exclaiming. Um, also, so, that dance break. Yeah. That was a lot. Yeah, and the revival. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and Christopher's absolutely right. These are both uh, what I like to call catfish out of water movies. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Um, so, little cats entering new communities, cities. Little, wait. Little, Little kitty, big city. Aw. Yeah. There we go. You're That's welcome. the episode title right yeah, there. Yeah, should have started with You've that. done it. <laughs> well, Dick, we uh, didn't decide this before. Oh, well, I guess let's, let's start talking about Oleg yeah. and Company. Oh, my and then God. We'll figure out Please who wants let's to talk about Oliver and Company. 
What's your experience with the movie? I loved this movie when I was a kid. Like, loved it. Like, I watched this over and over again. I remember seeing... What what year did this come out? This is like 88? This is 87, 88? Yeah. I, I remember distinctly seeing, probably not the, the theatrical trailer, but the Oliver and Company is coming to video trailer. I, I know I saw like over and over the commercial for that. 88. Um, because I was in love with, with the song, you know. Why should I worry? Why should I care? Like, I, I was like big into like oldies. When I was a kid. Was Billy Joel considered an oldie in 1988? No, but it's kind of like piano rock. It's, yeah. It's definitely, like, his music, I feel, is oftentimes a throwback to, like, 50s, 60s rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that was, like, exactly right for me. And I know I saw this movie a lot because as we watched it, I haven't seen it in maybe 15, 20 years, 30 years, right? But <laughs> as we watched it... There's scenes where I'm like, oh, I know what's going to happen. He's going to open the door farther and he's going to knock this guy off the ledge, like things like that. It was really exciting to, to relive some of that. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, what about you? I did not see this movie when I was little. Um, the, yeah, like Beauty and the Beast was the first consciousness movie that came mm-hmm. out um, for me. So this just, we skipped it entirely and I only, um, I think Streets of Gold was on a sing-along cassette. Mm. Uh, yeah, and that's it. Like, this was my first viewing for this podcast. But a lot of the scenes looked familiar, I think, from commercials mm-hmm. and and other montages of some sort. Nice. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, I, I was under the assumption that because Little Mermaid was this, like, monster hit, that everything before it was like, yeah, it's not their best work. Right. Um, and so this was, it, this was a very pleasant surprise yeah. that it is... Like a very enjoyable film. It's not. And it. I'll it's not a rescuer. <laughs> for me, it held up a lot better than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. I was I was like worried. I'm like I haven't seen this forever. Maybe this is terrible. I re- I really enjoyed rewatching it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you're summarizing this one. I'm summarizing this one. Yes. All right. It sounds good. Um, yes. Your phone is in front of you. It sure is. If you want to grab the cookie timer up. The kitty we'll... timer. I'm I'm like the one who normally does puns, and it's kitty weird. timer is not a pun. That, I just added the word kitty to so timer. Was, to be fair, that was kind of my point. <laughs> there's a reason I'm usually the one that does the puns. That's why I don't like you've them. Got, not... You've got this like DreamWorks thing going on where you're like, oh, it's the cat phone. It's the kitty. If we're gonna do a theme month, you just got to dig into it however you Ugh. can. No bad ideas in a brainstorm. There's so many bad ideas. No bad ideas in a cat meowth. All right, I'm going to start. Yeah, and you got two minutes I do. to describe the plot of... Oliver and a company. Okay, so first Oliver and then company. Very funny. Thank you. All right, Oliver the kitty. We meet him. He's an orphan. He's trying to get sold, but oh no, he doesn't get sold. And oh, he escapes into the streets and oh, he's having a rough time at things until he finds Dodger. And then Dodger teaches him uh, not to worry, Hakuna Matata, because um, he can, like, steal stuff. So he does this, like, hot dog stealing scheme with him. Um, and then Dodger's like, no, I don't need you anymore. And Oliver's like, meow. And so Dodger brings him back home, or he follows him back home, I think. Surprise. Um, but Dodger lives with a bunch of other dogs and a human owner, and they don't really have much money, but they're family, and so they, you know, they get by. 
And then Oliver joins their scheme team and they try to do like a heist together. But then Oliver gets, um, gets, he gets yoinked by Jenny, um, who's a rich girl who has a driver. Uh, the, the, the plot goes wrong. Anyway, Oliver is now her cat and she names him Oliver. That's the first time you hear his name uh, because... Don't worry about the first song. And then the other dogs, like the Dodger crew, go to rescue him because they think he's been catnapped. But really, he's like having the time of his life. But there's this other dog, this Bette Midler dog, who's rich and doesn't want him there. And so she tries to get him away. So there's this whole thing. And then uh, the big bad boss, um, the the poor owner's boss, uh, wants to extract some money that he owes and... I don't know anyone's name in this movie outside the dogs and cats. That's okay. Um, so he orchestrates a ransom note. They they catnap Oliver back and uh, post a ransom notice for Oliver. And then Jenny comes, but she doesn't have any money. She's little, but her father's like a millionaire, so they want his money. So they just kidnap Jenny instead. Um, and then the cats and dogs work together, and they get her out of there, and the dad doesn't need to pay any money, and Oliver lives with Jenny forever. And, like, the other dogs seem to be able to come and visit, but they don't really belong to her because they're street uh, pets. Cool. The end. Yeah, I'd describe that as uh, Adequate. <laughs> yeah. It was- fine was it fagin is the is the guy Mm -hmm. that owns the dogs or that hangs out with the poor dogs Mm -hmm. yeah i i'm not super familiar with oliver the musical and i always think that the artful dodger and fagin are the same character no and so that confuses me whenever i'm reminded that they're not no the artful artful dodger is um in newsies terms the artful dodger is Christian Bale. Mm. Yeah, he's like an older orphan. He's like an older he's orphan. He's an other, other orphan. orphan. Yeah. Um, yeah, but also Oliver the musical is based on Oliver Twist, Twist the book. Yeah. Not uh, Gulliver's Travels. No. There's Oliver in both, but... Thank you. So, uh, yeah, it's it's the story of an orphan... Who meets up with a gang mm-hmm. uh, and then ends up getting adopted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like kind, like two times, kind of. Yeah. The adopted and then stolen and then adopted. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's good. This is delightful. Le- okay. So I, I want to jump into this bit now because this doesn't really uh, fit in our like Venn diagram section. Okay. Uh, you mentioned Hakuna Matata. Mm-hmm. This movie is... Kind of similar to Lion King, structurally, except it well, skips the first act. It like starts yeah, at Hakuna Matata. It's pretty much the second act of the Lion King, right? With a modified third act. Were there any other similarities to Lion King that you would like to talk? about? Yeah. So the Why Should I Worry is like as it's a the, song, the Billy Joel song. There are two Billy Joel songs. Streets of Gold is also a Billy Joel song, I believe. Which song is it? Is that the Every intro? Boulevard. Is a miracle, my world. I will confirm this. I think because he sings it, he's lead on that. He's lead on both those songs. Yeah, let's confirm. Um, but yeah, the so Artful Dodger is like teaching him the ways of the street in you know late '80s New York City and how to get by and stuff. Um, and so 
little Oliver is just kind of following him and keeping up, and it's very similar to Hakuna Matata. What? Streets of Gold is not Billy Joel? No, it's not even sung by Billy Joel. Isn't, I mean, he's in it. It's sung it's by the Ruth Pointer, Pointer. Yeah. That's not Billy Joel. No, but he's in it. Who's, does, does Ruth Pointer write it too? I don't know. Okay. I don't know what to tell you. It sounds like it should be a Billy Joel song. Oh. Mm. All right. Well, uh, there's one Billy Joel song and one that sounds like a Billy Joel song in this movie. There's a couple that sound like Billy Joel yeah. songs. Yeah. But yeah, it's very like similar, right? Why should I worry? It means no right. worries, that kind of thing. Um, but also what's neat about this movie, it's the same um, group of animators who end up doing the majority of the Renaissance movies, starting with Little Mermaid the next year. Um, and so it makes sense that Oliver would have a lot of similarities to the next cat protagonist, mm-hmm. which is Simba. Um, and the cub Simba and Oliver are animated by the same guy, um, Mark Henn, who did a bunch of Disney princesses too during the Renaissance. Mm-hmm. And so it was really cool. It was the same kind of thing um, seen like Coda in Brother Bear, which we talked on on a previous episode, mm-hmm. um, that immediately I felt um, empathy with Oliver and found yeah. him a much more likable character than I might have otherwise, but he's pretty appealing just because I immediately recognized Simba in him. Like yeah. facial expressions and just, you know, the way he walked. It's very clear that There's Mark Hen co- yeah. reused. I mean, it makes sense. They're both cats. There's but. a couple of moments where it's like, oh, that is a Simba animation. Mm-hmm. Neat. Yeah. yeah. So that, that certainly helped me fall in love with Oliver, the yeah. character, very quickly. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Meow. Meow. So... Cats Don't Dance, you said, was not on your radar. At a, all. As a child or an adult. Yeah, like, I, I feel like I'd heard the name, but that's as far as I got with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was interesting, because it's released in 1997, mm-hmm. which is same year as Hercules. So you're ending the Disney Renaissance, but we didn't know that yet. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and you've got, like, Anastasia is around the same time, too. So this is the time where some competitors are kind of chipping at least at, not if not away at Disney, they're kind of chipping another part of the market. Right. Um, but but this movie didn't really do that. What was this the one that we were looking at that made like three million dollars? I think it made like a ridiculously yeah three point six oh on a thirty two million budget. And this is like Disney was disappointed with Hercules for making like. Two hundred million dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in both of these movies, I think uh, Oliver and Company underperformed too, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it wasn't. It's not considered the start of the Renaissance because right. it was not Little Mermaid, and they released it the same day as Land Before Time. So, Which like, that's one gonna, right? Land Before Time won I the box so. office, war. and that's that's eating into your profit. Even if it didn't, that's eating into your profits. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Castone Dance did not do well at all no um and so it's not a surprise that it was it was less remembered um it's also interestingly available for rent on all the digital services but only in standard definition Mm -hmm. you can't you can't get a high def rental yeah um which is is always a a little bit of a bummer because i like seeing the animation all like crisp and clean but Mm -hmm. um yeah this is it's not Warner Brothers, but kind of distributed by it. Yeah. Turner Feature Animation, distributed by Warner Brothers. Um, 
so yeah, it has more of that feel in the animation. Right. Um, so I wonder if just visually it didn't look like as much of a theatrical release at the time. Yeah. I don't know what the marketing, what clearly not anything, but, um, yeah. So good on Christopher for, for finding this movie yeah. as a child. Cause that's, that's hard. Um, <laughs> and I, I just want to say that, uh, I really wanted to turn this into a trilogy of movies, mm. um, because Bette Midler is in. Uh, Oliver and Company. She is. Uh, Kathy Najimi. Yeah. Is in uh, Cats Don't, Don't Dance. Dance. As a hippo. So if we had a Susan. Uh, oh man. I was doing so well. I'm gonna do this. If we had a Sarah Jessica Parker movie, that's what I meant. We could do a Hocus Pocus trilogy. Yeah. But Sarah Jessica Parker has a kind of a horror story of an animation track record. Yeah, she's just been fired she's from... She's been fired from a bunch of movies. She got fired from Ants. Ants she got fired Home from... Home on the Range? Home on the Range. Yeah. Uh, but she did make it into... Something a, you've never heard of. Invaders from Planet Zortan. It's kind or, of like a mysterious it doesn't, blue alien movie. It doesn't look great. I'm excited to watch it. So uh, maybe maybe next Cat Meowth we'll find a, a cat Sarah Jessica Parker. But... Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh... Sarah Jessica Parkat. Yeah. Sarah Jessica Parkour. Oh, that'd be for Yeti Yeti movie. That'd be a Yeti movie. So, yeah. So our history with this movie is we've not seen this movie. You did find a little trivia in researching this, yeah? Oh, is this a good time to talk about that? I think so. So here's the thing. Is we, uh, we were thinking about a way to bring in Oliver and company and... One of the things that's that's really notable about it is that it has a pop uh, soundtrack. I thought it was all Billy Joel, but apparently it's it's different. Apparently, it's very little Billy Joel. Yeah, it's one Billy much Joel less than song. we thought. Um, but it's like a, a variety of of pop artists, which I think is really interesting and you know uh, more or less successful. Um, Why should I worry? Also, not a Billy Joel song, unless those are his writers that usually help him out is Dan Hartman and I mean, Charlie Midnight. But he sings it. Charlie Midnight's a neat name. Yeah, yeah. he does sing it. That is true. Um, but that's not the point. The point is um, we were trying to like find another uh, movie with like some pop singers. And while Cats Don't Dance is uh, written by... Um, Randy Newman. Randy Newman. He does the music. Go, kitty, go. Yeah. Um it was originally a vehicle for one Michael Jackson. Uh, Michael Jackson was going to be the producer, songwriter, and choreographer. Or he was going to be involved with the dance which heavily. would have been super cool. Uh, yes, and... <laughs> I understand that. But, like, um, you know, in the... Uh, I was a big MJ fan when I was a kid, Um and they did uh i had this tape called moonwalker and on it they had this like claymation section where the he like danced with a claymation cat and the cat or sorry bunny and the claymation bunny did his same dance moves and it was awesome and like having like a real dancer work with the choreography would be really cool yeah um but uh, for unspecified reasons, Michael Jackson was no longer attached to this. For unspecified reasons, for... around 1994 or 1995. <laughs> All right. So uh, Michael Jackson was no longer attached to this. So instead of 
the biggest pop star in the world, mm-hmm. they got Randy Newman and Scott Bakula. Y- yeah. Who Scott Bakula does a great job yeah, in this he's, movie. He's a he's a singer. He's done Broadway. Um, he's a great actor. Apparently, he's a great voice actor too. He he, he does a lovely job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, thanks for finding that. Yeah. So yeah, instead pizza. of a instead of a pop movie, it is a send up of old Hollywood by Randy Newman. Right. Which seems like. That was still part of the plot. It's yeah, it's confusing it's to me what with this what this would have been with hey, Michael Jackson. Kate, do you want to send me a cookie timer? I sure do. I've got some character names up here so that I can Oh, that would have been a great idea for me. Yeah. Good work. All right, you ready? Yes. Go. All right. Danny Cat is our star. Danny comes from Kokomo, uh, Indiana. He arrives in Hollywood and he's got a five day plan to become a famous star. Uh, first thing he does is he walks into a talent agent's office and he's like, yo, cast me in something. Surprisingly enough, he gets cast in something. It's Noah's Ark or it's a Noah's Ark story, uh, featuring Darla Dimple, who's kind of a Shirley Temple type, uh, who has a crazy bad attitude. She is not nice. Uh, so Danny Cat, uh, gets on the set. He's there with Sawyer who is a secretary at the talent agency and uh, she is like, does not want to be acting in this. Uh, Oh my God. I am so low on time. Yep. Cool. Uh, Danny cat tries to act, but they just want him to say meow. So he gets kicked off the thing uh, or he gets like assaulted basically. Uh, They do the thing. And then Danny cat's like, yo, y'all, we got to get together and, make music and become actors like we want to be and they're like not animals can't act because the humans are like not animals don't act they're not leads they're just background uh so he like rallies around all these other animals and they do like a big number and it's really fun and he's got this like elephant man uh who's woolly woolly the mammoth uh but he's not a mammoth so what anyway uh he's played by john reese davies and he plays the piano uh, so anyway, they, they do this whole big dance number and they have this plan where they're going to get everyone together and do music at the end of the premiere so that everyone can see that they are really talented. Also, there's a whole subplot where Darla Dimples is evil and tries to get the cat out of Hollywood. Time. Turns out, saying all the character names takes up too much time. <laughs> yeah, it hurt. It hurt me. Um, so in general, yeah, like Darla's trying to undermine their efforts. Yeah, she doesn't. She wants to continue to be the star of everything. Right. And then the animals prove her wrong. Yeah. First with a mishap because they try to do a Noah's Ark dance scene and they flood the whole lot. Yeah. And then second at that premiere where they kind of put it together. Uh, ad hocly, and then everyone applauds for them. Oh, because cats do dance. Wait, what? Cats do dance. Oh, my God. And Darla's kicked out of the business. That really throws me because the title says that cats don't dance. You would think it's playing with your expectations wow. is what it's doing. That's, that's a way to... Just really... Subverting my expectations. Really good. I mean, that's probably why no one saw this movie, right? They're like, well, cats don't dance. That's yeah. nothing new. I mean, I, yeah. I knew that before I came in I here. I could see cats not dancing... 
at home, I guess. So, I mean, I, I guess we'll have to wait till our ending segments, but that might just be an easy tweet. Call it Cats Do Dance. Yeah, or like, check out this cat dancing. the box office. Also, it's Scott Bakula. That's pretty cool. Scott Bakula the cat. That's the new I title. I didn't realize his name was Danny Cat. Yeah. That's d- like Danny Cat, Sawyer Cat, but they're not related. They're just cats. Well, they're so, all like, named, just- they are all named Cat, Lion, Goat, whatever. Yeah, except for Darla Dimple. Well, she's, she's not a... She's not a dimple. She's not an animal. Yeah. Animals are named... Like, uh, you are named Kate Phillips because one of your parents or grandparents or whatever was a Philip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, cool. What's up? Um... So yeah, this this movie uh full full let's let's go full disclosure. We watched this over the span of 2 days. Yeah. The there are some uh, I, there is a lot that I really like about this movie. Yes. The first 15 minutes is are not not, that. not part of that. So we recently uh did an episode if if you're following chronologically, it was our most recent one. Um on um Ember's New Groove. Mhm. And in that, we we talked briefly about um, how the score composer, Mark Shaman, was fired from the picture for writing a score that they found was too busy and too, you couldn't pay too attention. Too busy, too cartoony, too distracting. Yeah. You couldn't pay attention to the dialogue or anything that's going on. And like, there's an opening song in Cats Don't Dance, which is really lovely. Like, yeah. it's a great Randy Newman song. And then after that, about five minutes into it, we look at each other and go, oh, this is what Mark Shaman was fired for. Yeah. <laughs> We're experiencing that now. And it kind of lets up. But the there's there's a Ooh, scene the first rough, scene though. where the cat Danny Cat Danny Cat gets off the bus and goes into the talent agent's office. It's like rapid fire conversation <laughs> over that. <laughs> and it's <laughs> so hard. Okay, please. Yeah. Thank you. It's obnoxious. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, and it's so hard to know what to pay attention to because that, if it was like just action over that, it'd be fine. Mm-hmm. But it's rapid fire conversation. You're, you're meeting multiple other characters. and There's you're, all this important information. Yeah, you're getting a setup for the rest of the plot. And, and like we, if if the rest of the movie was like that, uh, I would have watched it alone. Uh, Kate was not having. It was a good at the time. end of a teaching day, and it's yeah. remote teaching, so I've been like staring at a screen and getting a lot of sensory input all day. We yeah, we had to turn it off after I had to turn it off after fifteen minutes and yeah. say let's come back to this later. And then we did, and like you said, it eased up. Yeah, and and the movie, I think, the movie. Uh, I I said it to you like n- this isn't necessarily a compliment, but this movie gets better uh, as it goes along. It does, yeah. Like by the end, I'm kind of into it. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, I'm like, I don't know what this is. What did you think of the songs in general? So that that score eventually goes away. Mm-hmm. And like, what did you what did you think of the Randy Newman songs? Like mainly, really good. Um, so we had uh, the intro song, where I don't know what it's called, where the cat like shows up, and that was great. We've got um, the big dance number out in the alley, which is great. Um, yeah, where like the the uh, animal extras kind of get their mojo back. Yeah, their will to um, dance. 
the was it Natalie Cole? Natalie Cole sings is the a song singing voice. That's of pretty good. Girl Cat, yeah. And that that I think was the Randy Newmaniest song. Yeah, I mean the beginning, the that opening song was Randy. It was like very clearly Randy Newman doing old Hollywood. Yeah, kind of like the. What was the was was Natalie Cole's the one that sounded weirdly similar to um, the other the Randy Newman Disney movie with an alligator and a firefly? Oh, the Princess and the Frog. No, there was um, there was a dance number. Was it maybe the end? Yeah, it was the finale mm. that sounded like yeah, it had true. shades of almost there. Um, but I would say my favorite song. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the Darla Dimples. Uh, she did one song called Big and Loud, mm-hmm. where she's like encouraging, like she's trying to trap, uh, trying to trick uh, Danny, Danny Cat, Cat, and she's encouraging him to be big and loud. And then he leaves, and then they have, she has a reprise. It's like a demonic like reprise. The evil version <laughs> yeah. of that first song. And I, I love that so much. It's good. Randy Newman does good villain reprises. I mean, just, yeah, just like in uh, Princess and the Frog. Yeah. Where Facilier has Two a examples. great song and then the reprise is uh, even better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a better, as soon as like, did we hear it or did we like see his name first in the opening and we're like, oh, it's a Randy Newman musical. <laughs> like, I, let's see how this goes. I, I, was, I knew it from reading about the production. I entered yeah. it tentatively, but like he does a good job. Yeah. Like I think his songs, I don't know, like Princess and the Frog just has in general higher production values, so it's kind of hard to compare it. Right. But I think these songs, I don't know, they tell the story in interesting ways. And this, it, 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 yes, that's true. Um, I also just wanted to call out uh, Cast Don't Dance for having a ridiculous cast. Like, uh, not only, like, it's it's Scott Bakula who's kind of like, oh, it's the Quantum, the Leap, quantum guy. Leap guy. But, like, Jean Rhys Davies, who is, uh, I think, still has some credibility at the time Cast Don't Dance comes out. Uh, Rene Abergenois, who is great in every uh, voice role he's in. Uh, Hal Holbrook and George Kennedy. Uh, and of course, um, Don Knotts, who sounds like he's doing a voice so that he doesn't sound like Don Knotts. He sounds like he's doing a bad Don Knotts impression. It's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. It's wild that he is actually in it. Yeah, they. Use, I mean, they're two, arguably they're two biggest stars in this. I don't. I can't speak for Scott Bakula in 1997, but like right. Kathy Najimy and Don Knotts are their two like big names. I guess Natalie Cole, but they're given these like bit parts. Yeah. They're not. And then, yeah. And then I don't recognize the other names of anyone but Scott Bakula. But like a ridiculously talented cast and some like older older Hollywoods like like Hal Holbrook, mm. which is cool. Yeah, I guess Hal Holbrook is a name. Um, but yeah, really, just really interesting. And I guess uh, Oliver and Company had pretty good. Oliver and Company had, yeah, had a good cast too. And, well, I don't know. Do we, We're kind of talking about music and cast right now. What do you want to... Yeah, sorry. Um, you Hey, you tell me. <laughs> well, Oliver and Company's cast. Let's... Yeah. Um, so Oliver and Company. Uh, oh my God. Uh, Fagan is played by... Dom DeLuise. Dom DeLuise. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so bad. 
Um, yeah, so we've got Dom DeLuise. We've got... Um, I like that Dom DeLuise is the first name you pick out of this cast. Well, okay, uh, we've got Billy Joel. Yeah, I think Billy Joel is okay. the name here. Okay. This is Billy Joel's one and only like acting role, and he does an amazing job. He's great. Like I'm surprised that it is Billy Joel. Um, yeah, like the... It's some pop, like, you know, like that Pointer Sister is in there. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so uh, Joey Lawrence yeah. from Blossom yeah, uh, plays Oliver. It's Little like Joey child Lawrence. Joey Lawrence. Uh, Cheech uh, Marin or Cheech Marin. Cheech Marin is so good. Uh, Richard Mulligan, uh, who plays the Great Dane. Uh, and then the the one whose name I was trying to remember while I was fumbling with every other name is Robert Loggia who plays the um the big bad he's mm-hmm. amazing yeah it's it, a good big bad it looks like Robert Loggia and his voice is super villainous like i feel like that's the same kind of casting as like uh Jeremy Irons where it's like well let's just cast this guy that sounds evil mm-hmm. and we'll just give him the lines and it'll be great yeah yeah and then uh, a surprise Bette Midler. A surprise Bette Midler. Yeah. Doing a part that seems to be under her pay grade at this point in time. Uh, like, I wonder if there's like a contracty thing that this was fulfilling. Well. Because it's not as big part, as big of a part as a Bette Midler. Bette Midler would was want. really tied know. into Disney at this time, though. I guess she did a bunch of touchstones. Because I don't know where Hocus Pocus falls, but. Mid 90s, I think. So, yeah. Uh, the lottery ticket. The lottery ticket. She, I mean, yeah. legitimately, though, no, she true. was like the first big star to have a movie produced on the MGM lot. And the only. And the only. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but so, so Ben Midler at, at this time World. is very tied to Disney. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, think. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Um, I wonder so, if she signed like a three picture deal or something. Yeah. Um, it's a little confusing though because with Bette Midler's character in there this movie kind of has like two or three different villains yeah like she's the she's kind of the closest to the Darla Dimple of this movie right Mm -hmm. that like someone has invaded her territory that she's ruled over right and she wants them out and in that the song that she gets the uh, perfect something. Perfect me, or yeah, I'm perfect, I'm perfect or, and uh, you're not. It's not uh, a great song. It's not a great song, but it's very similar to Big and Loud yeah. in like its kind of preening nature and right. just kind of like a big number for this one character. Um, and that's kind of like these songs are. I think you said earlier when we were talking about it, they're they're SpongeBobbed together. <laughs> Do you want to say what you you mean by that? Yeah. So um, the SpongeBob musical, which if you haven't seen it, try and so see it, good. or at least listen to it, like surprisingly good. Nickelodeon did a live version of it, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's SpongeBob on Broadway, which I don't know what you expect from that. I didn't expect much at all. And the music is done by like 10 different artists. Like 20 different artists. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's a song by like They Might Be Giants. And also there's a song by Aerosmith. And uh, yeah, like and Jennifer the plain white tees. The, yeah. <laughs> it's just a weird, really weird mix that somehow. Oh, and T.I. Yeah. Right. Like this just. But it somehow works. Yeah. In the musical, it works. And Oliver and Company is kind of the same because it's 
Billy Joel. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, or someone writing for Billy Joel. Sure. Yeah. Um, Huey Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you mean the voices, yeah. I mean, the those, yeah, sure. Yeah, but, but Huey Lewis did not write his song. Oh, who wrote Huey Lewis's song? Oh, uh, a little-known composer by the name of Howard Ashman. Howard Ashman. And another guy. Uh, I think Howard Ashman. The one who's not Barry Manilow. Is it Barry Mann? Barry Mann, like, yeah. There are composers named oh, yeah, Barry and, Mann and Barry Manilow. And Barry Manilow wrote the Bette Midler the, song. The right? Bette Midler song, yeah. But uh, yeah, who's this Howard Ashman guy? Well, uh, it's interesting you ask. They kind of hired him just for this one song, the opening song, the um, Once Upon a Time in New York City, uh-huh. in Oliver and Company. And then, you know, they, they liked what he was doing. So he got to work on the next project, something about a mermaid. Um, and just it, a little project. It went pretty well for him. He brought in his friend named Alan on that project. Oh, Alan Mankin. Yeah, you, you've not you haven't heard of him. Okay, it's not as big as Stephen Schwartz, no. but uh. so yeah, uh, this is Howard Ashman, and thereby Ashman and Mankin's like entree into Disney. Yeah, if this is where it starts. And interestingly, uh, David Geffen recommended him to. Uh, Katzenberger. Jeffrey Katzenberg. So the K and the G of DreamWorks SKG mm-hmm. found and employed Howard Ashman, who would then revolutionize Disney movies. Yes. Really neat stuff. Excellently neat. Yeah. yeah. I will say the one um, nitpick that I have of Howard Ashman's work here is that this song, Once Upon a Time in New York City, addresses Oliver by name. Right? Like Oliver, don't you worry, or Oliver, don't be scared. Oliver, don't be scared. Yeah. Oliver, don't be. I don't. I that doesn't bother me because it is um, not sung by a character. Third person. It is. It is a um, what do you call it? Entrance song. Prologue. Narration. Yeah. Exposition. Mm. What's the song that plays over the credits called? Like a pre theme song, prelogue. I just said prologue. Well, I'm not looking for prologue. What are you looking for? I don't know. Overture, maybe. Okay, yeah, I guess it is kind of like an overture. Like it's kind of like, hey, we're introducing the general themes. Uh huh. We're gonna say just like Alice in Wonderland. It's like, yeah. Well, I don't like that song either. I know you don't, but I do. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Um. Yeah, it's not Ashman's fault that he was working off bad information because the cat does not get named. Until he meets Jenny, oh. who names him Oliver, because yeah. he doesn't have a name up to that point. Yeah. Howard didn't know that. It's yeah. not his fault. I, you don't actually know that Oliver doesn't have a name. Wait, just J- Jenny guessed correctly? Yeah. Is that what we're made to believe? That All might right. be correct. Okay. Um, Jenny obviously couldn't talk to Oliver. Right. That's in this movie, animals and humans cannot talk to each other. Is that correct? That's our assumption. They yeah. never do. They never do. We never really see... Yeah, you hear like barks and meows. Yeah. Right, from the human perspective. I think so. Like when a human is on screen, I think we mainly hear barks and meows. But I don't think it's like ever explicit. I think right. mainly just when the animals talk, there doesn't happen to be a human around. Right. Um, and like the the animals are smart and they can clearly listen to humans Mm -hmm. uh, because Fagin will tell them to do things and they'll do it. Yeah. But um, yeah, they don't directly communicate the other way. I was going to say, do they communicate with Fagin? No, 
when he goes to read them a story, they're just kind of like pulling up furniture and stuff, but they're yeah. not saying like, ooh, read us this one. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so so that's interesting. Whereas in Cats Don't Dance, they're kind of put on the same plane, right? They all walk on two feet and yeah. they can have conversations with each other. They are they're like a lower cast. Right. Um, cast with an E. Cast with an E. Like they're they're looked down upon, mm-hmm. but they are able to communicate with you like in every way but the fact that they are technically animals, they're like the same as humans. Yeah. 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 And so that's interesting because the humans are more or less the villains in this movie. At the very least, they're not really working in the interest. I guess that agent is a human. There's a weird thing that Cats Don't Dance does. Ah, Cats Don't Dance does. Um, There's an interesting thing this movie does where it, it, it seems like it's trying to be about racism or like workers or rights classism. like unionism because the the whole thing is that uh animals cannot be stars of movies they're mm-hmm. only they're only cast as like specifically they're only cast as animals who say meow or woof or or whatever right. they don't have right they don't talk in the movies right. so it's kind of like it's like reverse wicked Sure. (laughs) It it seems like it's supposed to be an allegory of some sort, Mm -hmm. but it's not clear what. And it doesn't totally work. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's that's all (laughs) it's it just it it has a little bit of that Zootopia-ness where it's like, okay, so if you're saying that. Like, yeah, the, if this is like uh, like a racial thing, then the race is being you poke out a little bit, and the cause the conceit falls apart. Or what's what's what are you trying to say? Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas in Oliver and Company, because there are humans and there are animals who mm-hmm. more or less behave like animals if they had their own kind of sentient world, which which who knows? I guess. Yeah. Um, the I, I the know. humans are more representative of different castes because yeah. Fagin is part of the lower class with Dodger and um and Tito and every on all those guys, whereas Jenny and her butler and family mm-hmm. and the big bad are well, the big bad is like a mobster. Yeah, but he's got a big fancy car. Yeah. Um they're part of higher classes and there's tensions yeah. with that and um and and yeah, it's neat how they do that. There's kind of human and animal counterparts to each of these classes. It reminds me of like Aristocats and um, 101 Dalmatians in that mm. way that there's kind of um, like analogs in both yeah. worlds. Yeah, like your owner determines your class, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting that the pets kind of represent that. Uh, kind of take on the personalities of their owners. Or at least their class, right? Because right. Jenny is not stuck up like Georgette the dog. Yeah, is Georgette Jenny's dog, though? Georgette's, yeah, I guess the I feel family like dog. Georgette is the parents' dog. Yeah. Because she's a show dog. She's. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And Jenny's she's not got taking her dog to stuff. shows, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So does that make, do you consider Oliver a class traitor? I mean... Is the real question of Oliver and company. Yeah, that is the real question. Um, 
No, I think Georgette is, I think, the class trader in Oliver and Company, but in, in like a good way. Ah. And she, uh, at first, rejects Oliver. She doesn't mm-hmm. want him in the house because uh, it's Jenny, right? Yeah. Okay. Not Penny. Not Penny. Who this character is somewhat based on from The Rescuers. But Jenny. Um, Jenny is, uh, like, pays attention to Oliver and not to Georgette. But Georgette is like, I'm no, I'm the star, mm-hmm. right? It's like the, like a new baby coming into the house right. sort of thing. Um, but eventually Georgette is like, you know what? Y'all, y'all are okay. You're good in my book. And she, like... Hangs out with them, and she's maybe dating Tito? Well, she is for a while. Yeah, that's a confusing little subplot. <laughs> and then it ends up with her being, like, uh, like nagging. Like, Oh, yeah, 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 the, yeah. What is it? The henpeck or the yeah. thing? And but so it's, he escapes. So it's, it's a little interesting. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I don't think Oliver himself is a class traitor. He's just a cat trying to belong to a family and mm-hmm. not like they're trying to get out of the gang life yeah mm-hmm. gang war gang war um yeah tito does yell gang war tito at yells one ga- point. tito is my like all the like he reminds me of the bat in um great mouse detective yeah. this like kind of unexpectedly like awesome character yeah. who like kind of fits in with the movie but also doesn't super um, if only they would have like they they used some of the animation from Oliver in Lion King. Uh-huh. It would have been great if they could have used uh, the voice actor. Some who of did the voice Tito. talent, yes, they do. Who would have thought? Yeah, Cheech and Chong, uh, Disney and Pixar favorites. Absolutely. Yeah, um, it's neat. But yeah, but I, I mean, uh, yeah, he wants a family. I really like his like scrappy poor dog family though. All yeah. these dogs are really nice. I kind of feel bad that they lose Oliver to this like rich girl just because like I don't know she can like feed him and stuff. Mm. I don't know. I feel yeah. bad for them because they treated him like a family. Mm. They did. Mm. They showed him the streets of gold. Mm. Every boulevard is a miracle mile. They were they were kind of jerks. You could take the town into uh, their style. They're on and off kind of jerks to him. Yeah, they do just kind of use him for their like. Yeah. Stealing schemes. But yeah. That's how to get by. Yeah. Why well, should you, they worry? Why yeah. should they care? Uh-huh. Something's, it's just be population. change every time. He's got street savoir faire. Yeah. Um, yeah. Though, all right. Yes. Tell me more. Oliver does not become a class trader. I guess we've concluded. Yeah. Uh, does Danny end up better than he started? Like, Right. These are, as Christopher mentions, these are kind of cats that are new to a big city, yeah. new to a community in some way. Do they like Danny is more of an activist, right? He's an organizer of his community. Oliver just kind of goes with the flow. Yeah. But in fairness, Oliver is a kitten. That is true. He's he's not he's he's not at that level. Um, his yeah. last name is not cat yet. No, so it's he's just, just Oliver, not Oliver cat. Um, yeah, Danny, absolutely. Like, he organizes his workplace. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he fights for the rights of his fellow animals. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. And in the end, like, is he better? Maybe. I think so. But more importantly, the rest of the world is better. Yeah, he elevates his 
his community. Yeah, and he humiliated a child, so yeah, that's good. That's right. Yeah. Well, and then you see that they make all those animal movies at the end, all yeah. those bad pun animal movie posters. No. No. What? They are not bad pun animal oh. movies. They're just movies. Some of them have changed titles, right? No. No. <laughs> not. What are some examples? So after really. the finale where all the animals put on a show for this unsuspecting audience of humans and they love it, you kind of see a montage at the end that shows like, oh, finally these animals get to star in the pictures. And it's like, what? What are some of the examples the of the movie grumpy posters? Grumpy old men? Yeah. They didn't change that? It wasn't like grumpy old... Not to my... I don't, I don't believe so. Huh. I remember being shocked that it was just like, lethal weapon. Yeah, it was just like... Robocop. Warner Brother movies. But instead of a guy, it's a fish or something. Yeah. It was, it was very... It should have been... If that was over the credits, it would have been fine. Yeah, but, but it was... the fact that it was before the before credits... Before the credits was, was a little much. Was a shame. Um... Do you think Grumpy Old Men would be better with a goat as one of the leads? Well, it has a goat as one of the leads. Uh, I would I'd describe Jack Lemmon as one of the greatest of all time. Uh, actually, Walter Matthau as well. Yeah, I was going to say, two Walter goats. Matthau's there too. Yeah. All right. Well, Walter, Walter Matthau, uh, known f- probably best for uh, Hello, Dolly, the movie. Well... <laughs> you, well you tried uh back to bat midler i guess yeah speaking uh, of bat midler uh who was in hello dolly at some point she was uh we did not see that no no well she she appeared on a stage where hello dolly was happening it sounds like that was more the case i feel like we're getting a little too catty oh mm. also maybe a little too hollywood broadway insidery kind of like so cats don't dance yeah. not only has this movie poster thing but it does the thing that animaniacs loves to do which is like uh, and warner brothers animation in, in general, general is uh do a like throw out a bunch of caricatures of hollywood movie stars from the 40s and 50s in 1997 in a children's movie which like i i wasn't sure what the point was no i'm never sure what the point of like, them doing that is like i i think it can be funny with 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 the old animation, mm-hmm. I, I do like it when Bugs Bunny runs into, you know, and they're like very caricaturized and it's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, and I loved it on Animaniacs. It kind of lost me here because I don't, it doesn't seem like it was done as a joke ever. We're like. Well, they did like, they did a Laurel and Hardy. Didn't they do like a series of what auditions or I don't really even remember how they used it. They did it at the premiere of the Darla Dimple movie. Right. Yeah. So they'd just walk out and they'd be like, James Cagney. And he'd be like, hi. Yeah. And they'd be like, Marilyn Monroe. And she'd be like, hi. Yeah. So that was weird. It was weird. Um, and they had a caricature artist that was credited yeah. in the credits. So maybe they just had that guy on oh. retainer and needed to use him for something. Yeah. Yeah. But there was also like at the beginning scene, like um, Danny... Like gets up on a ladder mm-hmm. and finishes a marquee that says "Gone with the Wind." Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, why? What are you? What like? Are you trying to get the time and place across? Yeah, is that what, what is... they're trying to do? Because this is like the 40s. Because if it's Shirley Temple, that checks out, right? Yeah, but it's just there's there's some very strange. 
I and I will say in in general, my my biggest problem with Cats Don't Dance is that there is too much going on, too much going on musically, too many like it's like um, there's an episode of Futurama mm-hmm. where uh, Zoidberg uh, meets his uncle Harold Zoid, who's like a kind of parody of Harold Lloyd. I don't know who that is. Well, he's an old. Uh, a silent movie director, okay. movie star. So anyway, um, he's this. So Harold Zoid is this old silent movie st- uh, star and director, and he wants to make a talkie to get back on top of things. And so there's a scene where he's like directing, and he's like, "No, uh, if you're in the background, you know this is a serious scene, but you could still throw a pie. There could still be some funny business. Uh, make sure something's going on. Make sure you're doing mm. something." And like then the scene they show is like a very emotional scene and everyone's like running and tripping and throwing pies in the yeah. background. And that it just reminded me of of many parts of this movie mm-hmm. where I'm like, okay, I you're trying to get something across, but like like this penguin didn't need to drop a thing right here. We could have mm-hmm. just gone This bus driver didn't need to sloppily eat a sandwich and spit his condiments everywhere. Yeah. While Danny Cat is figuring that he shouldn't leave. He yeah. should stay and save all of his community. Like, it's an important yeah. scene. My focus and... is being pulled yeah. every which way. And some scenes, they show a lot of restraint. Yeah. And some scenes, they don't. Yeah. Um, by I the way, it's... can we talk about that bus driver real quick? Sure. Who's that bus driver? That bus driver is... Oh, now I forgot. Buster Poindexter. Uh, yeah, Woo! it is Buster Poindexter. Love Buster Poindexter. Yeah. He didn't break into song, which I appreciated. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and that's, I think, so I guess, like, so both of these movies kind of underperformed in different ways, right? Like, Oliver and Company did better than, like, Black Cauldron, which is, like, almost immediately before it. But why, and I think there's a lot of cult love for Oliver and Company, but it's not, I mean, Disney doesn't treat it like The Little Mermaid or anything like that. So what... what, what what are these movies missing, or what are we missing as, like, a an audience or what is the marketing missing because so like starting with cats don't dance it seems like what you're talking about at least resonates with me as the reason this movie maybe didn't make that jump into something that people wanted to see because it actually has some really strong plot bones yeah and like emotional arcs this conceit of this like child star being the villain because she doesn't want animals to take away the focus is really funny and really brilliant. And she's got moments of being like a truly terrifying villain, but she's so hammy in other scenes that I don't like, I think I said to you, I'm like, I want to like my villain. I really like Scar. She she has like a terrifying, but I love him. She has like a Miss Piggy vibe. Yes. Which is like too much. Mm -hmm. Um, her, uh, Henchman though Max, mm. very likable. Yeah, right. Just a giant oaf. Just a g- giant dude that says like, "Yes, Mister Bruns." Just like very, very. Voiced by di- director Mark Dindle, yeah. who also directed Emperor's New Groove. Yes, he learned from yeah. this movie's score when yeah. firing Mark Shaman. Yeah, um, but yeah, like Max is a great character. Max Darla- is great. Darla Dimples is is too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's good bones. And like this idea of a cat coming out, like this, you know, small town cat coming yeah. out thinking he's going to be a big star 
realizing that there are these limitations and then organizing everyone and, you know, like Christopher said too, like realizing it's about these friendships and these bonds that make them stronger together. Yeah. Really great idea for a movie. And I, like you said, in some scenes it's executed really well. And then other scenes you just lose the thread because there's so much sensory and animation input. And it's, this is like a Turner animation, right? But it, it, is, mm-hmm. it feels like it suffers from... You, you in particular, don't care for Warner Brothers animation. I, aside I from not. like Pinky no. and the Brain. Yeah. Uh, would you describe... Would you, would you say that this is like... Got that similar vibe? It's very... Like it's very broad. Yeah. Right? We watched actually a really great video kind of breaking down some of the animation in this oh, movie. yeah. We'll link that out. By a guy named Mark Hendry, who's an animator. Um... And it was interesting seeing him break down, like, these characters are intentionally broad. Like, not only is it kind of this Warner Brothers vibe, but it's the 40s and 50s kind of vaudevillian mm-hmm. vibe to it. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think there's just sub, sub, some subconscious and, like, connotative things that happen in my brain when I see these kind of broadly animated... Yeah. Creatures that look like they belong in Looney Tunes or in a Maniacs. My brain says, oh, I don't have to pay attention to the emotional content right. here. It's just silly and slapstick. Yeah. Um, so for me, that's probably on a second viewing, I might be able to better assess what this movie is about and right. um, all of that. But yeah, I think that I, I think they had some really cool things going on and the animation style doesn't help it. But sometimes it's really funny, like that Max or like the yeah. the um, scene where they're fighting on her balloon at the end. Yeah, like the premiere. giant Darla Dimples balloon. Yeah. They're having a fight on the balloon. And I said, I'm like, oh, it's Rocketeer. Yeah. Like yeah. Old, old Hollywood. We got this giant guy fighting another dude on a balloon. Like we got like a Rocketeer uh-huh. scene. It's fun. And like, does that work in a movie that's animated like Oliver and Company? Probably not. That probably looks right. really goofy. But at this point, we've already seen or, an arc flood an entire yeah. backlot of a Hollywood studio. Like, all of these insane things has happened. So this yeah. is like, oh, yeah, this fits. This is fine. Yeah. 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 Um, so why would you say... So that, that would be your, your stance on kind of like why this didn't reach a yeah. broader audience. Yeah. Yeah. There was a certain expectation of what an animated movie could do at this time. Yeah. And it didn't meet it. Yeah, I, and I think that's I think that's fair. I'd be curious to see like the trailer for this and what they thought they were advertising and how they advertise, right? right? Like without the channels like McDonald's Happy Meals and stuff, you right. only have trailers. Um, and at that, I mean, Disney is too big of a monster at this point. So yeah. that I mean, that's probably another reason too. So what it, about Oliver and Company? Like, why do you think that didn't? really strike a chord because it was a it was it was a movie that i think held up really well yeah i think i i i'm trying to like scan for what is happening live action at this time like certainly splash right because this is eisner's first animated feature with the movie eisner and katzenberg um their first animated and like one of eisner's big things is splash so there's kind of this like whimsy happening in live action, but I don't think a mu- the musical is back yet. Okay. Um. So I wonder if like the music, the, but the music is good here. And it's it's po- like it's a popular artist. Billy Joel is is still pretty hot at the time. Yeah, Billy Joel is like peak Billy Joel yeah. at this time. But I want. I mean, 
for me, one of the reasons it's not quite Renaissance level is that the songs are like approaching musical theater, Mm -hmm. but not quite there. Like the characters sing them for the most part, but they're not really getting you from a point A to a point B by the end of the song. Um, And Little Mermaid comes along and basically is a one act Broadway musical. And I think that catches people attention like oh not only has this not been done before but this is really well done whereas yeah. oliver the music besides being catchy and listening catchy catchy and very listenable, listenable doesn't necessarily take its scenes and go like whoa wow yeah that's awesome um but that that would be more of a reason that it wouldn't fly like during the renaissance more would, than before yeah i think i i would argue that um even more than the music, it's uh, like the character design. Because mm. Disney had a string of like, eh. Yeah. Um, and I think Oliver looks really good. I think the Dod- character Oliver. Yeah, yeah, the character Oliver and the character Dodger looks really good. Um, and Tito, surprisingly. And Tito. Yeah. Um, but I think Dodger and Tito and the rest of the dogs look old disney i think uh fagan looks very like 70s disney like he looks a little gross everything's a little grungy there's less cleanup work is like one of the visually yeah i mean animation wise yeah there were some issues but like i think the character design looks the same Mm. or like kind of regressive yeah whereas little mermaid it's like you still recognize it as Disney, but they more or less hit a reset. Yeah, but on they character design. They st- made some strong changes to what character design was. Yeah, and so I think that's to me is mm-hmm. like why I can look at Oliver and come and be like, oh yeah, that's a Disney movie. Maybe I'll see that at some point. Because and look at in Little Mermaid. And be like, Disney movie means okay. Like yeah. the old ones are really good. Yeah, and then yeah. Little Mermaid, you look and go, oh, that doesn't look like anything I've seen before. Mm-hmm. Let's go. So. I also wonder if, so this came out the same day as The Land Before Time. Yeah, which, which you obviously heard it. Yeah, and it does, like, The Land Before Time is about a more epic, like, I I think an argument can be made that Oliver and Company is actually, like, a better executed movie. Okay. Um, I know, it, it, you wouldn't make the argument. I just, I just said okay. Um, but, like, the Land Before Time is about dinosaurs. Yeah. We haven't had a dinosaur movie yet. It is about dinosaurs. It's not a musical, which no. feels like old fashioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's darker. It's more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And whereas like we've had cats and dogs movies before. That's kind of what Disney does now. We've had a lot of cats we've and dogs movies. We've had a lot of movies. cats and dogs movies. So yeah. I, I wonder if it's just that too like yeah. we've already kind of seen this movie versus yeah this we've other had thing. aristocrats and lady and the tramp and the fox and the hound and 101 dalmatians yeah and yeah mm-hmm. so anyway uh kate yeah i have a question for you yeah it's time for the final cut i think it's time let's do it what's a scene that you would like to shout out because that's our first segment on sure. the final cut what's yeah. a scene that final you would... cut by the way is a series of segments go what's a scene that i would like to shout out from what kate uh chronological order oliver and company can we do the other one first? Cats Don't Dance. Good, reverse chronological I, order. I had one ready for Cats Don't Dance. <laughs> Great. Uh, the back alley dance 
where nice. Danny Cat is getting everyone all hyped up and like, hey, remember, you're a performer and you love this and there's a reason. Um, the characters go from like as they start dancing, as they become inspired, the characters go from kind of a muted color palette mm -hmm. to a more um, uh, saturated yeah. color palette. They get like a little brighter and a little more colorful. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, I, I wish it was like a little bit more subtle. Mm hmm. Um, but I, I loved it. I loved it. It's a neat little, like, Pleasantville effect. Yeah. 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 And, um, especially when, um, uh, Sawyer, mm -hmm. uh, otherwise known as Girl Cat. Yeah. Um. That's about how much character she's given. Pretty much. Uh, but she not only gets, like, colorized, but she comes out of, like, a shadow and then comes into the light where she's muted. Yeah. And then she comes into the the colorized. And there's even an earlier scene that hints at that, but yeah. it's not clear yet, so it just kind of looks like why are you keeping this character half in shadow when she's the one of two characters talking right now? Yeah. So, yeah, and the, I, this shadow like represents that like she's a amazing dancer and singer and actress, but she's jaded. She's And she's hiding that. Mm -hmm. Um it's just it's like one of those things this movie does brilliantly. Yeah. Like and then the scene before it and the scene after it are are I'm sure like a little bit annoying, but like this scene, just brilliant, just amazing. Yeah. What about you, Kate? Um, I I am gonna go for the scene where um Danny Cat goes over to Darla Dimple's mansion. Mm. Um, to does she call him over? Because mm -hmm. she gets wind that like he's. Telling these cats and hippos that they can dance. I don't yeah. like that. So he goes over and you don't, as the audience, you don't know her um, her whole deal yet. Like, yeah. you know she hates animals. You know that she's Miss Piggy, but you don't know what her plan is. And as she is um, kind of like sweet-talking Danny and trying to get him to trust her, she is like doing all these sweet, like, oh, you're so talented. I can't believe it. And she is one by one picking these animal crackers out of a bowl and chomping the heads off of these animal crackers yeah. and just throwing the bodies down by Danny. And Danny is totally oblivious. Completely over To what's head. happening. And she gets, like, more vicious in her chomps every time. And yeah. by the, like, when she's kind of got him in for the kill, she picks up a cat from the animal bowl it's again like you were saying. There's, like there's a, like a little bit where she like goes to grab a cat and then mm -hmm. she realizes like oh, not doing that. Yeah, one. not like, there yet. Yeah, it's it again great. like could it have been a little bit more subtle? Sure. Yeah. Um, but it was a really nice touch, and whoever yeah. came up with that, uh, it was that little gimmick for business. the scene yeah. is really fun. Yeah. And it really it made me like kind of yearn yearn for that fully fleshed out villain that could have been if they had. Yeah. And that's, a little less into the broad. That's a great example of there is a lot going on in the scene. Mm -hmm. We've got the action of Darla Dimple eating the cookies, so we're not like just watching two people talk. Right. But the action ties in. Supports what's yeah, happening. Supports the thesis. Mm -hmm. It's great. It's yeah. such a strong scene. Yeah. Yeah. Good call, Kate. Yeah. yeah. What about for Oliver and Company? I um Yeah, so as I said before, I really like the the scrappy dog family. Um, they're all like... Like Scrappy-Doo? Like Scrappy-Doo, his cousin, Scooby-Doo. Um, <laughs> no, like this kind of misfit island of dogs, yeah. right? Um, 
Dodger and Tito and the other ones I can't name because their character design looks too much like old Disney. Um, they, when, when Fagin comes back and, um, is kind of explaining to him, like, I owe this guy money. I like, we got to work harder tomorrow to, you know, help each other out and develop a new scheme. Um, he does a routine with them, like their bedtime story ritual. And he sits down with the book and all the dogs, like Oliver has just gotten there. He's kind of overwhelmed by anything. But all the dogs are just like wrapped by this story, right? They like are so excited to hear it. They pull up his footstool. They pull up a lamp. They all like cuddle into him as he's reading this like picture book to yeah. the dogs. And it's such a sweet scene of kind of these rough around the edges dogs who you've just met and they're kind of suspicious of Oliver at first and you're not sure who these characters are but it really establishes well the fact that they are they are a family that yeah. they really care about each other at the end of the day even though they're you know out for you know yeah. the hot dog on the street or whatever um yeah and it really it it's it's one of the reasons that I'm like are you sure you want to stay with Jenny? Like, Aww. she's nice, but you can just, like, hang out with her on play dates. Like, you want to be part of this family, this bedtime story family. Okay, well, you know what? Mm. My scene shout-out counters that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, there's an amazing little moment where... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought you were going to do this. And, no. Um, I, I don't even remember what comes right before it, but Jenny is, like, practicing piano. do do like, do 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 and she plays like a, yeah. A, I thought you were going to start singing over me. Nope. I was laying it down for you. Um, she plays like a fairly simple piano melody, like a like a kid would, and then she starts singing a song, and the song's about like her and Oliver being together forever, and it's it's really sweet because it's it's I mean it's obviously very cute that a kid is singing a song to this new kitten about how much she loves him, but also like the music is something that like a kid could play feasibly and it it works and it's so good it's so good yeah it's one of those things where simplicity really does the job best which is why oliver should stay with jenny okay mm -hmm. well they can have music together he can like split his you nope. know every other weekend um coincidentally that song co-written by rob minkoff co-director of the lion king boom so many ties here yeah who I think also was the one with the idea of Timon and Pumbaa doing a hula song. Cool. So musical callback, throwback, call forward. Great. Good good scene. I like that scene yes. too. Yes. The musical callback slash forward call of forward. someone writing a song for two things. Who's not a songwriter. Oh, well, he is. He wrote two songs. That's, well, that's true. So, songwriter. I like that. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Oh. Good. A dick award. Kate Phillips. If you were going to crown an MVP across these two movies, who or what would be your most valuable per-er? Um, that's a really good question. It doesn't have to be a cat. It's not going to be a cat. It's going to be... Who is it going to be? I know mine. Really? Yeah. You do yours first. Tito. <laughs> I loved Tito. Like, Cheech Marin is T so funny. Tito is the chihuahua. Is the Cheech Marin chihuahua. The, like, chihuahua. overly aggressive uh -huh. chihuahua. Kind of like a chicken hawk. Uh-huh. 
played by Cheech Marin. He's got so, um, yeah. He's just got these one like m- I think the most memorable, even over Dodger, of that little family unit. Hmm. Um, and he he will just do background stuff that is hilarious. Like he's got this like high strung little dog energy, which yeah. is really fun. Like I just love characters like that. It's kind of like the bat. Like we're just yeah. he's just gonna say stuff that comes to his mind. But little thing, yeah, like when uh, the the Dobermans come in yeah. or when Oliver come in, um, all these dogs are scrambling like, oh, no, an intruder. And he's just running in circles going, gang war, gang war, gang war. Um, he goes down the street singing My Fair Lady when he falls in love with yeah. the Bette Midler dog. He like, and I, I didn't realize that I just want to hear Cheech Marin singing a bunch of, what's the other Disney song he sings? Hi ho, hi ho. Mm-hmm. I just want an album of him singing yeah. uh, old Disney songs. Yeah, he's a, he's a blast. Delightful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just found him to be a character that really stuck with me, and I was always excited to see. So kudos to the animators, kudos to Cheech. Yeah. Um, obviously, they liked what he did because they hired him again. Yeah. Uh, so I, I want to give a shout-out, uh, like a runner-up to Scott Bakula, yeah. Who I think did an amazing job, uh, sings beautifully, um, and, and did everything he could with with what he had. And that was it was he did he did great. But my real shout out, uh, my real MVP is Billy Joel. Uh not only a wonderful singer, but not an actor. But he is an actor. Acted like rings around Bat Midler. Just well, he was great. Yeah. Like as Dodger, he's a blast in this he's film. He's really fun. I it never I am never out of the film going like, "Oh, that's famous person Billy Joel." I'm just like, "Oh, look at Dodger." Well, we had to look up. We're like, "Oh, I know Billy Joel did the singing voice, but who did the speak Billy oh, Joel?" Oh, it's Billy Joel. <laughs> yeah. He was great and they they like auditioned him. Yeah. And yeah, he's he's amazing. Good really choice weirdly good stunt casting mm-hmm. like oh should we get a movie actor how about this singer <laughs> and he did great yeah. i i wish he had, he had done more stuff yeah like this might be the point. one character he has yeah but he was great yeah yeah cool yeah kate if you're uh-huh. gonna cross over uh these two movies in some way whether it be like some characters or some creatives or something what would you cross over um. Well, first, yeah, I'm gonna take Georgette the dog and Darla Dimple and throw them in a vault with Miss Piggy. Because you hate them. Yeah, is that crossover enough? That's not a crossover. Or do I have to create something new, not you, just delete things? You just from... yeah, you need to to cross things over, right. not just remove them. All right. Um, I want Max to have a better. Uh, Max, the big employer. monster guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Max is going to work for Jenny now, <laughs> and he's going to be the uh, like Jenny's got a nice butler or uh-huh. like caretaker, whatever he is, houseman. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, Max deserves someone better. Yeah, and if if Jenny had Max, she would never have uh, been kidnapped by Robert Loja. That's true. Yeah. Max is bigger than Robert Loja. He's very big. Yeah. Nice. Okay, mm-hmm. I accept that. Uh, I. I'm going to cross over uh, Danny Cat into the world of Oliver and Company. Okay. Um, and he's not necessarily in the movie, 
but he's performing at like uh, yeah. Rockefeller Center or something. Uh huh. I because Danny Cat is a song and dance cat. He doesn't need to be in L.A. He doesn't need to be in Hollywood. He needs yeah. to be in New York City. Yeah. He needs to be on Broadway. So that's what I do. I cross over Danny Cat and put him on Broadway. I mean, he's gonna make more money as a movie cat, but um, look. It's really, he's just got a song in his heart. It's not about the money for him. Yeah, it's not about the money. Yeah. Good. Oh, I yeah. like that. I'd see that show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd see a cat on Broadway. Like, uh, maybe even multiple. Maybe just one. Maybe just like, one Like, maybe cat? just one. Like, you don't want to see a he plural. say his name at the beginning of hmm. his song. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Dick, I think it might be time for the final. Final? Cut. Cut. I think it might be time. Okay, cool. Which means... What what does it mean? We're going to take each of these movies... No. ...and determine... What? ...whether we would re-release... As is. ...the movie, as is. Whether we would give it a special edition of some sort, either a different, like an alternate version of the film Mm -hmm. or an alternate medium for Uh, the project. The one thing we don't do is say, I'd like to put it in a museum. That's not true. Well, that's... Or... Uh, uh, option number three is to throw it in the vault along yeah. with Miss Piggy, Georgette, and Darla Dimples. Uh, none of those are in the vault. Well, I put them there. They're not. I in think there. you missed that. I rescued them. <laughs> Kate. Uh-huh? Uh huh. Let's start chronologically. Cats don't dance. <sighs> Do you throw it in the vault? Do you special edition it? Or do you re-release as is for the world to enjoy? I think that <laughs> there is... I can tell when you're really trying because yeah. you talk very slowly to give yourself time to, to form the correct sentence. Let's make this into... No, let's let's do a remake. Okay. Honestly. Like a um, remake remake? Like a remake because okay. one of the things... That we were talking about when we saw this movie is how it might be better as a Roger Rabbit style with the animated, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. with the animals being animated and the re- the humans being human, like yeah. live action human. And I think there'd be a case for that. Like I wouldn't want to see a fully like um, 3D, I mean, because all the movies are CGI, right? Um, now, but I wouldn't want to see this just made CGI, but... But you want to see like, like a, a Space Jam, like Roger a Sonic, Rabbit, like a yeah, yeah. Um, because I and I think you would then, with that, kind of debroaden what you can. You would uh, fix the score, yeah, <laughs> and not have it run under the first fifteen minutes of the movie nonstop. Um, but yeah, I think this has really good bones, and I think it could be a really fantastic movie that it for me it doesn't quite get there yet yeah but i i want to i want this story to go somewhere nice yeah yeah i'm gonna special edition this too okay um what i'm gonna do is uh i really like what you said because the idea i, I think one of the big issues with this movie is that every character is super animated mm-hmm. uh and it kind of suffers from the idea like, oh, if I animate it more, it's better. Yeah. Um, which uh, is kind of a problem. So I like the idea of, of bringing humans into it. But what I want to do is I want to take this movie. I want to add 10 minutes to it. 
I said this before. I want to mm-hmm. add 10 minutes to it mm-hmm. and not add any dialogue or scenes. I just want yeah. there to be more breath in every scene of this movie. This is fair. Just give it another, like, maybe even five. Just, like, another five or ten minutes. Just mm-hmm. extend every scene by a couple of seconds. Mm-hmm. Let it breathe, especially that first scene, which I get what they're going for, but it's just too much. Just let the whole thing breathe a little bit more, and I think you've got a better movie. Um, I think also uh, we need one character to be a straight man. Yeah. There's not a single straight man. Like, the closest Uh, is Sawyer. The girl cat. Yeah, but if you're like, she really only talks to Danny. Like, Danny could be a straighter character. Yeah. Like, a less active character. But, like, Darla is so much. And, like, Max is very uh, stationary, but he's a giant monster man. So, yeah, there needs to be a straight character for Danny to play off of or or something. Yeah. Because I think Darla only works with Max. Yes. Uh, if Max wasn't there, it'd just be intolerable. It'd just be insane. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like a, like there needs to be something, some, someone a little straighter. Yeah. So, yeah. Special edition. Nice. Okay, what about Oliver and, wait for it, company? I think re-release. Mm. Um... It would just be fun to see this again and have more people yeah. know it because I think it it, it it works really well and yeah. it holds attention and uh, it deserves to be seen. Nice. What about you? I special edition this. Okay. Uh, I do two things. You've one, got ideas. Good. Well, one, we, we talked about how there are some scenes where clearly the budget wasn't there because mm. there's like a scene outside of Georgette's window, right? Like Georgette's doing her song... Yeah. And then we see, I think it's like, like Tito or, oh, there's just, yeah, random dogs. Uh-huh. And they've got like these rough outlines yeah. and the color is not as good. Like it was clearly just kind of like rushed in there. Yeah. Like maybe they were replacing a scene or something, but there were some, there were some moments of rough animation. So one, I'd like to clean those up. Okay. Uh, two, um, I think the character of Georgette is okay. I yeah. think she's okay, but I don't think Bette Midler is great in this. Uh, so I would like to replace her with, say, a Bernadette Peters or a... Um, Bernadette Peters should be this dog. Bernadette Peters would be great. Oh, my gosh. Why isn't this dog Bernadette Peters? Or, um, oh, my God, what's her name from uh, young from like all the Mel Brooks movies? Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn yeah. would be great. Um, and Galinda. Kristen Chenoweth. Kristen Chenoweth would be great. Thank you for helping me with... You're on a good names run right now. I'm bad at names anyway, (laughs) but today is just... Yeah, Bette Midler. I mean, so that's one of the reasons that I think this might be some kind of contract fulfilling thing. Mm -hmm. Because, like, she is phoning it in. Yeah, she's not trying. And I, like, I'm not the biggest fan of Bette Midler just as a person, I think. None of us are big fans of Bette Midler. But like, I love her in Hocus Pocus. Like, she's really great when she's like broad and over the top. Broader A game, yeah. Yeah, but this is not her A game. No, it is not. Yeah, so that's that's what I like to see. Yeah. No. Hey. Oh man, is that it? That's that's it. This was fun. We final final cut cut it. So, Kate, I I I have a question. Mm. Um, I first, you know what? First, I would like to say thank you. 
to Christopher. Yeah. Uh, for sending this in. What a great suggestion. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. We saw a movie that we would never have seen otherwise. Yeah. Probably. Excuse yeah. me. Uh, probably. Got the hiccups now. You sure do. Uh, that's happening on our right. podcast. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I'd like to say thanks for, for sending this in. And uh, if anyone else wants to send in suggestions, you can do so. Cellmatespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Cellmates Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. And you can also go to cellmatespodcast.com. There's not much there. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, as you're suggesting things for us, you can suggest a pairing, mm-hmm. um, as Christopher did. But if you just have one movie that you really want us to see, um, we we have resources like Google and we can we look can up a it pairing. Out. Yeah. <laughs> so so really just anything. We'd love hearing ideas and we've just this year we've gotten a lot of really great ideas. A lot of great suggestions. And we made have made for awesome episodes. I think we still have like one suggestion. We I mean we've got several up, but yeah. A couple suggestions. Yeah. We got we got we're we're trying. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of great suggestions. So thank there's you. And thank fun. you for for listening. Also, yeah. that's yeah. great. That Yeah. We're not just recording into the void. Yeah, which, I mean, we have fun doing also. That's also true. So, Kate, do you want to do you want to talk a little bit about... You, you've told me this is like Meowth Meowth. Uh, meowth, Cat Meowth, the... Um, cat Meowth. The Meowth. Yeah. Cat Meowth. So what yeah. is that? So I, I'm trying to figure well, it out because... When we had Mouse we, Month. We saw Oliver and Company. We saw Cats Don't Dance. Right. We've already done uh, some other cat movies that I'd be thinking of. So what... Yeah, well... What do you have in mind here? It would be interesting, Dick, if we were to, like, I don't know, have, like, cats that were still animated, because we're an animated movie podcast. Right, like, fully animated movies. But, like, I don't know. Some of these cats seem, like, I don't know. What? what how would you describe them? Like, smooth? Well, let, some, of, some of the cats in these movies are, like, a little bit too smooth. Let me ask you this question, because uh-huh. I, I, I don't want you to tell me. I just want to kind of... Yeah. Kind of guess. Um, can they see in the dark? Well, uh, they're blind when they're born. Okay. Can they look at a king? Um, when he's sitting on... Can they sit on his throne? A, a rock. Okay. Cute. So, yeah, we're, we're going to be talking about two movies. Two technically animated... Fully animated movies... Mostly even, animated movies. Even though one of them is referred to the live-action version... Of a classic but movie. But it is not. But then when they talk about numbers, they call it their most successful animated movie of it's all time. very confusing. <sighs> anyway, there- two animated movies about characters who are cats and technically look kind of like cats. Yeah. If you don't get it yet, uh, there's a Jason Derulo and a Beyonce. Figure it out. Watch these movies. Yeah, meow. Uh, have some drinks. Yeah. Oh, please. Yeah. Or whatever whatever your imbibation of choice is. It's either going to be my most favorite or least ep- least favorite episode to record I think it's of be all both. time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway. I think it can be both. So look forward to that. Uh, we'll be coming at you in another week or two. This however, cat meowth. However we do it. This yeah. cat meowth. Uh, for Somay's podcast, I am Dick Ward. I'm Kate Phillips. Oh, hi. Welcome, Kate. Me meow. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the 
uh, 11 minutes of Oliver and Company were computer generated, such as the skyscrapers, taxi cabs, trains, fig and scooter cart, and the climactic subway chase. Oh, yeah. Remember that subway chase? Sorry, did you say fig and scooter cart? Fagan's scooter cart. Oh, that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. I wanted a cart full of figs and scooters. Yeah, right? Scooters. Scooters. <laughs> 